0: This episode is brought to you by supporters at PayPal, Patreon, YouTube, and Unfound's Gracious Advertisers. Emily Roberta Richards was a 22-year-old from Chicago, Illinois. She worked at a car dealership and was fairly independent for a woman of the 1960s. In early 1964, Emily went missing. The FBI even got involved. She was never seen again. Or was she? I'm Ed Densel, and this is Unfound. My job as the host of Unfound is to bring you the truth and facts about disappearances. This often means touching upon the less than attractive qualities of the missing people that were known to everyone well before the disappearances occurred. However, sometimes the opposite happens. The interviews reveal details about the missing people that were not known. People living double lives, things like that. Some examples, Ashley Kohler, seemingly working as a secretary, but was actually a call girl. David Schrader, seemingly had kicked his alcoholism years before, only for his kids to find beer bottles and such hidden around his house after he went missing. Stephen Kocher, seemingly a religious young man with nothing to hide. Yet, his phone records eventually revealed he had been hiding quite a lot for quite a while. And, most tragically, Tyler North, who had gotten divorced, but had secretly been still seeing his ex for sex. And, I'm sure you can find other examples like this in Unfound's catalog. Well, with Emily Richards, hers might be the most extreme example of this yet. In fact, her entire disappearance is more than meets the eye. And now, a summary of the case. This is brought to you by my friend Megan Lynez's website, charlieproject.org. Emily Roberta Richards, maiden name Jordan, was a fine, upstanding member of the Illinois community. She paid her bills, she loved her family, although there were divisions within it. Emily had a job. Really, the only unique part of her, at least what everyone thought at the time, was that unlike many of the women of that era, Emily lived her own life and had no plans of getting married, although she did have a guy who hung around with her once in a while. His name was Bruce. Really, Emily was the last person anyone thought would go missing. So, in early 1964... Emily's life was as it had always been. Then one day, Emily was gone. She took nothing with her. Her roommate, a female, had no idea what happened. It wasn't until the FBI showed up at Emily's family's front door that a different Emily was revealed. She had been helping her man, Bruce, who was actually married, Forge checks, and other forms of bank orders. Bruce had gotten caught right around the time Emily disappeared and went to jail for a year. She was never seen again. The belief was that Bruce killed Emily in an effort to save himself. Almost 50 years passed before everybody involved found out how wrong this original thinking was. When you take an interest in disappearances, either as an amateur or professional, you welcome surprises, facts, and evidence that come out of nowhere. This is especially good if you haven't moved your own personal investigation forward in a while. However, what happens when that surprise only makes everything more difficult? Keep that in mind as you try to answer these three questions ...during the interview. Number one... ...why did the FBI in 1965... ...not discover what an amateur investigator did... ...50 years later? Number two... ...how are we to account for there being no records... ...for Emily after 1966... ...and for Bruce between 1966... ...and 1975? And... ...number three... ...could the original theory be true but that it actually happened a few years later. Emily's family continues to be stunned by the recent discoveries and isn't sure what to think. The guest for this episode is Emily's cousin, Amy Spanfelner. Unfound News The newest episode of the YouTube series Unfound Now is out. I analyzed the November 2022 disappearance of Christopher Miller from Janesville, Wisconsin, who went missing while being chased by police. Please watch the video, comment, and give it a thumbs up. Next, if you can believe it, I'm getting business cards. Not sure how I'm going to use them. Not sure who is going to get them. I'm not sure if a podcaster needs business cards, but these cards look fantastic. Finally, I'm on the verge of producing a course on podcasting for teachable.com. It will take anyone who is thinking about getting into what I do from the conceptual stage the whole way to marketing and monetizing. I hope you will check it out when it's available. One note before this interview starts, please excuse my coughing during the interview. Allergy season is in full swing here in Florida. I'm so happy to have on this episode of Unfound, a cousin of Emily Richards, Amy Spanfowler. Amy, welcome to Unfound.
1: Thank you. Uh,
0: For the listeners, I was just telling Amy before we started, uh, she is the second of three Amy's that we'll be having on Unfound in this very early year, uh, very early times of 2023. I don't know why these things happen sometimes to have guests with the same name within like weeks of each other. That's just how it worked out. But Amy, welcome uh, to this episode. Let's just start here. Tell the audience just about the current situation of Amy Spanfelner, as much as you can reveal about yourself, your life. And of course, I think people want to know about you first.
1: Sure. Um, I, first and foremost, am um, a mom and a wife. So that keeps me very busy. Um, I also help manage our construction company um, and we build custom homes, mostly local custom homes. So we don't have to travel too far. Um, And that also keeps me very busy. So um, right now is like year end, quarter end, tax time, audits, you name it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: right and i appreciate you taking some time out of your day to do this uh oh it's a great
1: opportunity so well thank you definitely didn't want to pass it up
0: (laughs) thank you so when you say custom homes uh you I, i think most people think of homes these days like these you design them like your your company you and whoever else design these homes like from the ground up you somebody comes to you with like an idea and then you you make it happen
1: yeah um typically we um We have clients that come to us and they they already have their blueprints ready, Um, not always. So we do a little bit of the design process as well. Um, And we basically give them a builder package and a contract to build what they bring to us. Um, We do do some like what you refer to as (coughs) little box homes. They're called like a speculation home where we Mm -hmm. own the property. We build it, then we sell it.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. And how long?
0: uh uh is your family your entire family involved in this
1: uh no just my husband and i
0: oh okay two-person show okay and how long have you been doing that
1: um let's see um since 2004 when we met
0: wow good for you 19 years in the building business so you've seen the ups yeah. and downs and real oh, estate for sure. crashes and all of that for sure okay. Okay. Yeah. I, ha- I have to ask, being that everybody in a while is going to find out that you've been working on your cousin Emily's disappearance for over 10 years now, is there anything in your work experience or anything that has helped you doing this or are these like two totally different things?
1: You know, they are, they are two totally different things. I would probably actually say that my um, research with emily has probably actually helped me in on the construction side wow. just for um you know troubleshooting and finding new avenues to get new product <laughs>
0: yeah. okay
1: uh, like sleuthing basically yeah, sleuthing.
0: right okay <laughs> yes, very very sure. good all yeah. right and uh the listeners uh know that sometimes um not very often but we do have people who come into a disappearance well after the disappearance has happened maybe they were just two or three years old at the time you were not born at the time in the mid-1960s Correct. i was not born at the time in the 1960s but we'll get into that a little bit later how you all you know came upon this and decided to make this something important <laughs> in your life but what have you learned about emily I- i'm guessing there are uh, many family members who are still alive who knew her maybe she had some brothers and sisters who you might have been able to talk to what have they told you about Emily what was she doing with her life her personality and everything what have they told you what have you learned about Emily
1: Um we kind of have a, a split family when it comes to um maybe Emily's character and and what she was doing at the time um there was a little bit of a division in the family um from what we've been told Emily from you know family back in Illinois um, that she was kind of a black sheep, her and her mom didn't get along, family dynamics weren't that great. Um, she lived with her grandma for different periods of time throughout her um, childhood.
0: Oh.
1: Um. So it was stressed is all we know. And and we're not sure if that was just a struggle in teenage years, or if there was another dynamic there we were, we were just not aware of. Um. So, you know, there's that side of it um her younger sister will not talk to anyone about her um she has voiced that um you people probably being me and my father need to leave her alone she's not interested in talking about it um she says you know emily abandoned my mom and was horrible to her and i don't want anything to do with her so there's that (laughs) <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. And this is not the um, first time a guest has expressed something like that. Uh, yeah. It's not something that we get into on in Unfound because we don't like to make waves or anything, but many of the guests who come on Unfound are the only person or one of a very select few in a family who care about finding their missing you know, family right. member. So yeah. this might, might be more uh, common than you realize, but yeah. Okay. And maybe yeah. I should ask you this. How are you related to Emily?
1: so um i am actually first cousin once removed so her and my father are first cousins sharing their parents (gasps) were siblings that married siblings
0: okay all right thank you okay yeah (laughs) all right so there was some family uh tension going happening in let's just say the early 1960s Ah, uh, you mentioned yeah. she had some tension between herself and her mother. What about Emily and her father and and maybe we'll just straight go right with that. What about her father?
1: yeah, um as as far as I know, it wasn't so much on that aspect, but he was um at the time a long-haul truck driver, and so he really wasn't around too much, mm. which could have been part of the problem. But I've never heard that the relationship there was ill-fated or anything okay so um mostly just between her and her mom
0: okay but her parents were married
1: um they were married up until the early 60s
0: okay so they got divorced so at the time all right so at the time we'll just keep the simple of 1964 by that time her parents were divorced yes Okay, all right, and you did say that in, here in the twenty first century, uh, we're doing this interview. By the way, for everybody on February first of twenty twenty three, that uh, the the younger uh, sister does not want to talk anything about this. Maybe we can understand that. But does Emily have any other siblings?
1: Um, she had three other brothers. Two are deceased. One, um, I have not been able to locate. <laughs>
0: wow so emily is still missing here and then she has a brother who
1: yeah nobody knows where he he, is um my dad kind of explains him as a little bit of a wild card you never really know what you're going to get when you contact him
0: okay all right okay and i've I've uh, searched
1: a little bit but i haven't found anything um i haven't made any contact
0: okay would he have been an uh, older brother or younger brother of emily
1: youngest youngest
0: youngest okay so there's at least a decent chance if he's taking care of himself no accidents that there's a decent chance he might be alive but he is not missing in the same sense that emily is correct he
1: is not no
0: okay so getting back to emily in particular so she has the several siblings doesn't have a very good relationship with her mother um but what about what have you learned about um she have a lot of friends is she popular uh, maybe an introvert, you know, kind of education. Did she go to college or high school? Uh, you know, some of that information. What can you say?
1: Sure. Um, as far as we know, um, from like <sighs> my dad's side of the family, um, being like himself and his siblings and his mom and dad, um, you know, Emily visited them a lot and she spent a lot of time with their family, kind of almost like adopting her like a child. And so, you know, their version of her was she was, you know, very nice and very friendly and she um, she was attending college, I think it was um, Illinois. Normal Illinois State Normal University at the time, I think it's different now, but
0: okay.
1: um, And I think she was in for like business administration and she had transferred there from uh, Lakeview High School. Um, She was working at Warner's Pontiac in Chicago um it sounds like doing bookkeeping okay had her own apartment with a roommate um and so um yeah I mean Mm -hmm. she made it seem like things were just great
0: oh okay (laughs) so to me it sounds like at least the way I understand I wasn't born until 1970 but it sounds like for a, a young woman in the early 1960s she was maybe more independent than most uh, you know, uh, maybe, I would, I would maybe if so. this was the 1970s, 1980s, this all maybe sounds something, but at that time, uh, a little different for women. So she was very independent for that time in our culture.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say that.
0: Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about her roommate, uh, a little bit later. So she's living on her own. She has this job pro- providing for herself. And I think it is now just Illinois state university which coincidentally a guy went to high school with his daughter goes there but where did everybody grow up what town or city are we talking about in illinois
1: um so i think um her dad and herself were like chicago-based mom grandma my dad's family was like bloomington illinois Mm -hmm. so not in chicago at all fairly far south from Mm -hmm. from chicago
0: Okay. I was in Bloomington, Illinois, coincidentally, last July. So weird. Okay. All My right. Parents I, were there. I, 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 I know there. I went right by the Illinois State Campus. I was with a friend of mine from college and uh, one of his sons. It's so weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, all um, okay. <laughs> so, um, she's living her life. Sounds like she plans to graduate from college. Eventually, she did not graduate. She was going to college when this all happened. Correct okay so she's has this job bookkeeper at a a car dealership back then so let's move on to this uh let's just talk in general we're going to get of course specific later but let's talk about bruce richards in general who is he what have you found out of maybe about his background before maybe the early 1960s his age those things what have you learned just in general about him
1: um uh we learned that he um as a very young child went into the military that his mother um basically signed for him to go in because he was underaged. Hmm. um he falsified his birthday to get in <laughs> common back then yeah. two or three years um but he went in early and they ranked him high because he was supposedly very very smart um and so there's several you know through ancestry we were able to get several of his rankings and years and things like that that he was in and out and in and out and different branches okay um and so we we do know that much from his earlier years okay that's about That's about it. We don't have anything um, college wise, which I'm guessing maybe he didn't go since he went into the military so young.
0: Okay. Uh, Any information um, that uh, you were able to figure out how he and Emily met?
1: Um, I don't have any factual information other than at the time they were both working at auto dealerships in Chicago
0: okay but there's nothing that says they were both working at the same one they were not okay so could have just been they met at some industry event for local dealerships or or something else he maybe was looking for a job if he was in sales or something or, or something or maybe they met when emily was looking for a job originally so we're still not clear all these years later uh how the two met but they certainly did know each other and i have to ask did your family at the time back in the early 60s know that Emily and Bruce knew each other was did Bruce Richards name ever come up in any discussions or, or anything like that as far as you've been able to tell
1: um, <laughs> so my I... side of the family did not know him personally they'd never met him um and what they had heard of him was from Emily's mom and she didn't like him she always okay. would refer to him as names when she brought him up, when it was brought up in family conversations.
0: Okay. So
1: the The boyfriend was bad news, whatever.
0: All right. So your understanding then is back then, the early 60s, that Emily's family understood that there was this guy, Bruce, and he and Emily had some sort of relationship. Yes. All right. And he was quite a bit older than Emily or around the same age or what?
1: Older. I think by 11 years. 11 years. Okay. Something like okay. that. Let's, uh, okay. Yeah, 11 years. 11 years.
0: Okay. <laughs> Quite a bit. Maybe not crazy. Uh, maybe if it was the opposite way, a woman being 11 years older, maybe that might be a little more unusual, but still, never know. Yeah. Okay. But he was married, correct? Yes. Okay. And what year, if you have it in your notes there, what year did he uh, get married for the first time?
1: 55.
0: 55. Okay. 1955 is when he got married to his first wife. Now, most importantly, as far as you can tell, and I realize that you didn't come back into this until 50 years later, was he divorced at the time that he and Emily ended up being a couple as far as you can tell? No. right so he's still married but emily was his new squeeze yes okay all right
1: maybe that's (laughs) why
0: uh maybe that's why emily's mother didn't care for him too much maybe uh you know maybe she kind of suspected something like that uh is there any indication that you found that emily would have known that bruce was married
1: um i i don't have any documents that would say that she knew he was married
0: yeah okay so she never once again never said anything never said anything to her roommate to her mother to her father saying you know what I'm can't believe I'm doing this I'm I'm dating a married man anything like that
1: nope not not that we have knowledge of
0: okay so let's now move up to 1964 and what um, I'm calling at least in the outline that we're following for this, uh, for this interview of uh, the, what we're calling the first disappearance. What <laughs> have you learned about this? It's 1964. Emily, as you said, she has a job. She's going to school. She, uh, she's living on her own. She has a roommate. I guess she has her own car. She has a lot of great things going for her. And then it seems to me, you can explain it but it seems to me it's just like one day she was here and the next day she wasn't how do you what is your family said about this what have you learned about once again this first time in 1964.
1: um well I guess it would just be the conversations that my father you know remembers hearing about her that she was just missing Mm -hmm. um family you know were visited by the FBI um, so there was talk of that. Wow. Um, you know what what those topics were about. Um, from what my dad remembers, and what the oldest brother to my dad remembers was that um, she was in trouble with a counterfeit savings bond ring. Wow. And they were, yeah, they were supposedly cashing checks from Chicago, and they were being tracked to Florida.
0: Okay. And how shocking was this? As you can, uh, if you can tell, how shocking was it for your family to hear that she would have been involved in something illegal? Pretty shocking. Um,
1: I think for my for my dad's immediate family, it was shocking. Um, I think for Madeline and Emily's <coughs> direct, you know, immediate family, it was not because I think they knew more of what was going on than than my my dad's family did.
0: Okay, so. Uh she's there one day, she's not there the next. Of course the FBI um you may not realize it, Sammy, but we really don't talk about the FBI too much in disappearances on Unfound, because FBI only gets involved for very, very particular cases, usually involving children. But certainly if somebody is involved in interstate crime, like it seems maybe Emily was involved in, maybe then they get involved, especially if that person goes missing. Um was anybody helpful for example the roommate could she offer any insight as far as you've learned back at the time in 1964.
1: um not that I'm aware of the only um conversation that we have around her was that she had actually called Emily's mom inquiring if she had seen her because she had been missing for several days not home for several days and all of her things were still at the apartment
0: Okay. Uh, Does this, uh, including uh, her car, for example, was her car left behind or did it seem like she just rode off? Not sure about a car. Not sure about a car. Yeah,
1: we don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: But uh, the roommate, as far as the roommate could tell, she left most of her stuff behind. Yeah. So all her clothes are still hanging there, all folded up anything everything like that all right at at her work did she once again if these these are questions I have to ask but if you're not sure in your in your research and investigation so far that's fine did she give her work like two weeks notice anything like that
1: um not able to find that out okay unfortunately they are long closed (laughs) right
0: right Pontiac's not even a uh it's not even a brand anymore General Motors doesn't even have that uh brand anymore of Pontiac okay um what did your family as far as an overall consensus opinion uh did they think that somebody murdered her did they think that she ran away because of these charges did they think that she maybe committed suicide because she thought she was getting caught doing something like this What was the general consensus opinion back in 1964 when she was there one day and gone the next?
1: Um, I think in the early beginning, they may have thought that she would likely resurface. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, you know, took off, either knew what was happening or didn't know, you know, kind of got caught up in it. Um, Maybe was told they were going for a road trip and all this was happening and she didn't realize it or or she did but i think you know in the early 60s i think they just figured well the fbi's on it they'll catch up to them. yeah she'll probably get in trouble and then you know maybe be back home
0: right now we should be clear about something we're calling her emily richards and we'll explain that in a moment really uh her maiden name at the time when she went missing is what
1: uh emily roberta jordan
0: emily roberta jordan j-o-r-d-a-n emily roberta jordan okay so at the time she goes missing they're looking for an emily roberta jordan and how old was she in 1964.
1: i think she was 22.
0: all right so very young yeah pretty young okay so she's there she's not there anymore leaves most of her stuff behind. And uh, there's the this crime that she is accused of being taking a part in, and coincidentally, it's between Chicago and Saint Petersburg, Florida, which is essentially kind of where I live, although I have a Clearwater address. All right, <laughs> so this is going on, and but I should make this clear now. Going back to Bruce Richards, was it alleged that he was also involved in the same scheme or crime as well? yes it was yes
1: um an aunt to uh, a great aunt to my father and emily had um been visited multiple times by the fbi from 64 to 65 um Mm -hmm. and they were under the impression that maybe family members were harboring her since they hadn't found her yet of
0: course sure
1: um and she was actually you know kind of upset that they were still hounding them about it because they didn't know where she was. Um, And they showed up in like 1965 and, you know, they still hadn't found her. They didn't know where she was. And at that time it said the boyfriend. So they obviously knew the boyfriend was with her and it was her boyfriend um, that he did a year in jail or prison um, and took a plea deal.
0: Okay. So, so we, I guess what we're saying is Emily went missing in 1964. She's involved in the scheme and maybe you want to say what this scheme was again, counterfeit savings bonds.
1: Yeah. That's what my dad remembers it. So, you know, it could have been traveler's checks or okay. some kind of counterfeit checks that you could just cash along the way.
0: Okay. So when I start thinking in of this, larger I, think amount. It, I start thinking of something like catch me if you can that movie, of course it was a real life <laughs> story where guys, cashing these counterfeit checks and the way our federal reserve system works they don't find out it's counterfeit until weeks later and already the person is gone with the cash and you just have to keep doing that to stay away from the law you know tom hanks leonardo dicaprio um of course that's probably a hollywood interpretation of what really happened in real life but maybe (laughs) that's something that people can think of to maybe try to compare to this but i guess what we're saying is emily disappeared but bruce didn't disappear he was actually caught and went to jail correct you did okay yeah
1: yep. all right and at so, that point please. um my my great aunt had you know said it doesn't surprise me you didn't find her she's probably in the swamp
0: all right so the belief is he's <laughs> in jail she's gone and they're thinking well maybe uh once again we don't theorize but we can do this yeah. because we know it's going to happen next we're going to get to what happens next but yes. it's theorized in 64 that he was thinking that Emily might squeal or something or snitch or something. So he had to get rid of her maybe to cover up even more things, but he ended up getting caught did not, uh, and went to jail, although only for a year, which seems One like a pretty, for a pretty light sentence for something like that to me.
1: Yeah. Well, right? I guess it would probably depend on the amount of money. You know, it was a short time period that they tracked him. So, you know, it wasn't going on for months or years. It was more like weeks. Okay. So, do, we, do could you have any sense.
0: information if the FBI, or the police, even tried to ask Bruce, "Well, hey, <coughs> hey, where's Emily? You know, we know you were had this scheme together. Do you know where she is? Do you know of any statements that ever have come out that Bruce made about Emily at the time?" Zero. Zero. I also have to ask you this, given that uh, this is Illinois near Chicago, was an allegation that Bruce uh, could have been affiliated with the Chicago mob? Yes. There was. Okay. So this is maybe. there are
1: some stories there.
0: All right. So this could have been an entire mob kind of scheme. It wasn't something hatched necessarily by Bruce. It could have been hatched by somebody higher up that he was involved in. Okay which all right, so
1: kind of validates the. Sorry, it please kind go of ahead. Note your interview, plea. please. Yeah, val- validates the plea deal. Okay, I think we all know how those work. You have okay. information that they want. You give them that information, and you take their deal.
0: Oh, I see. So he might have gotten that year just because he rolled over on somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Very good. That's a that's a a, a very good idea okay so we have already uh moving on in our outline 1964 1965 the fbi came to your uh came to your family's houses homes Mm -hmm. talking to them do you know where emily is you've already stated are you harboring her are you hiding her very common that happens even uh today but they now know that emily was involved in this illegal activity uh with bruce i'll just ask you again how shocked uh, was your family at the time, um, in retrospect, did they, were they thinking, you know, maybe Emily did seem to have maybe a couple too many dollars in her pocket compared, you know, being that she's out on her own, anything, anything like that, maybe they noticed in retrospect?
1: Um, I, I don't think so. Not, okay. you know, not to my knowledge. Okay.
0: All right. Nobody's, nobody's uh, ever said anything like that
1: no you know i think they just thought that you know she had worked um prior to the dealership at an insurance company and so you know she just she went to work and and made her own money and i think part of that was you know you're not living at home so Mm -hmm. you got to find you got to make your way (laughs)
0: okay all right sure okay so the fbi gets involved she's missing bruce goes to jail doesn't seem like there are a lot of leads at least at the time so what is your understanding for your family between roughly 1965 maybe even 66 up until you started working on this personally you got involved and we're going to get into why you did that just here in a moment but what is your understanding of your family thoughts on this feelings on this did they try to do anything on their own to try to figure out what happened to Emily what happened during those 45 years
1: Um, It was just, it was really silent. Um, I think Emily's mom, you know, figured, you know, she got involved with this guy and she didn't resurface, um, (coughs) that she was probably, probably dead. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of just the family theory because years had gone by and Emily made no contact with anyone. So, you know, no letters, no phone calls, no visits, no nothing from anyone, no friends, no family completely silent and so from my grandmother's aspect you know she they believe she was dead
0: okay that's a totally believable you know we start talking about crime we start talking about the mob if your family knew about it at the time makes all the sense in the world of course this guy only goes to jail for a year and then he's getting out it certainly looks bad for Emily so let's right, not bring right. this back to you. How did you, you know, you, I, I'm guessing you knew about Emily's disappearance for a while, but what was it like around, I have it in the outline 2010, maybe it was a few years before or after that, but what made you get interested in this, you know, going to devote, you already, you and your husband have your own business. You already have enough work in your life to do and congratulations on that. Why <laughs> did you choose to take this on? Uh, we'll start there
1: um i think it you know it was right about the time that um ancestry rolled out their um online platform for building your family tree and um you know documents and people and um and my sister and i you know we i love history and and i love you know family stories and things like that and so um i i signed up for it and um, started building our family tree and, you know, both sides. And then she did her husband's side. And, and then I started my husband's side and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, as we were building it, the, the DNA side of it came out probably, you know, maybe two years later, I think. Um, and so then I'm like, Hey, I'm doing this. I got this for Christmas. I'm going to do it. You want to do it? And so we all did it. And, um, Mm -hmm. It was probably about that time when my dad was like, oh, hey, has anything come up with my missing cousin? And I don't, to that point, I had never really heard any stories. I was very small. Um, my sister remembers it a little bit. She's four years older than me. So she was like, oh, well, maybe we should look into that. So it just wasn't talked about a lot. And it wasn't talked about a lot with the younger kids of the family either. Okay. Um, and my, you know. So my sister and I were like, oh, hey, let's let's make sure we've got all those all that side of the family in there and get Emily in the tree. And it actually wasn't known until Ancestry that um, Emily's name was actually Emily because everybody called her Roberta.
0: (laughs) Oh, I see. So she so back. Is that how she what she went by in everyday life back in the early 60s then?
1: yeah yeah everybody called yeah. her roberta her mom called her roberta Jean, which Jean was an uncle
0: <laughs> <Huh>. yeah, <laughs> so, roberta Jean g-e-n-e i guess
1: g-e-a-n i don't yeah i don't know actually i don't know how it would have been spelled
0: <laughs> okay okay my mother's yeah mother but it was gene that's interesting okay. everybody
1: had okay. a different name back then like my grandma's name was rosemary but they called her becky and <laughs> Okay. One was Adeline and they called her Jane. Like
0: uh-huh. people just
1: didn't go by their birth names. They all had like some kind of nickname that they got.
0: <laughs> Naturally built in aliases. Okay. Yes. I got you. Okay,
1: yes. Yeah. So right. when we were right. researching and the name Emily came up, my dad's like, well, who's that? And I'm like, well, it's your missing cousin. Okay. So they all never knew because they just always heard her name called Roberta
0: okay so i guess what we're saying here is when you started this it wasn't you didn't start getting on ancestry.com and everything to find emily roberta you did it because it was just like for the reason a lot of people do it you know i'm interested in my ancestry Uh, my dad is very much into that me not so much but uh you know going back to you know where you know um what what countries did they come from and get your dna tested i'm like 60 percent german or things like that that's how this all got started Yeah. Yep. Oh, okay. All right, and so let's start here with your work and what year was it? Maybe you just want to give us the exact year now that we've talked about all that.
1: Um I think it was 2010.
0: All right, so I, okay, so I got that right yeah. in the outline. Very good. All right, way to go ahead.
1: Seems like it was.
0: Okay. So, let's start here. Um we're going to start maybe in an unusual place. We're going to go back to Bruce. And okay when did you find out that actually of course he was only in for a year he got out of jail when did you discover (coughs) where's my allergies when did you discover that he had changed his name and what year did he do this how did you find that out
1: so we didn't actually find that out until later in the research um probably 15, maybe? Wow. Um, when my father made contact with his brother.
0: Uh, okay.
1: Um, there was a phone call to him, multiple phone calls to him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think, you know, they, this brother was very, um, he wouldn't just give you information. If you had a specific question, he might answer it, but it was more of a let's circle back and then come back. You know, it was kind of trailing off and then coming back. And sometimes there weren't any real answers there. Um, But at the end of one conversation, he did say, well, you know, Bruce doesn't go by Bruce. He goes by John. And my dad was like, oh, oh, huh. So he. He doesn't have his, he's not using his real name. he goes, but he goes, no, he, he changed his name a while back. And he goes by John Ryan O'Brien.
0: Wow. All right. So he ceased to be Bruce Richards. Of course we know that he got married in 55. We're going to get back to these marriages and things here in a moment. Mm
1: -hmm. But
0: then did it seem to you, once you found this out, you looked him up. Does it seem like he changed his name in what year as best as you can tell?
1: Um, Well, from knowing his alias Mm -hmm. (laughs) and his death date, I was able to acquire um, all of the records surrounding that, including the Social Security Index, death index. Um, And with that, I got the genealogy genealogy record and um, ordered it. And the Social Security record was dated April 1965 for the name change.
0: Wow. So she goes missing, Emily goes missing in 64. And already (laughs) a year later, he's changing his name to a name that's nowhere near his, his real name. Right. Okay. John Ryan O'Brien. Boy, that's how Irish of him. Okay. So once you knew that, of course, you already knew that he um, uh, got married in 55. Were you able then Mm -hmm. to discover the divorce records of when he got divorced from his first wife,
1: yes, One yes more. i found found those um as well um, probably a little bit after I learned of the name change <clears throat> just because I was more focused on you know f- trying to find his location and what yeah. he was doing between sixty six and yeah and Emily and their marriage and all that. But right. yeah, my focus wasn't on the divorces as much as it was locating okay. them. Okay. Um, but I I did get that. And it was out of Chicago. And um, it was granted, I think she filed for it in 1962. And it was finally granted in 1967.
0: Okay. Remember that date, everyone, 1967. We're going to come back to it. Now, he ended up getting married again in the 1970s. We have to remember this was Emily and Bruce were a thing in 1964 when she went missing. And this is all going to be important for all the listeners here in a moment. But he got married again in the 1970s. What can you say about that? What year? Um, And, you know, what can you say about that?
1: Well, so after... His first marriage, he actually there's the marriage certificate for him and Emily.
0: Mm-hmm. We're gonna get to that. That's gonna be the big surprise. Yes, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but what about <laughs> the 1970s? Yes, please.
1: Um. So the 1970s, he marries the late wife, um, and they're married out of Washoe County, Nevada. Um. And that one is dated May 1st, 1976. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. And they ended up getting the divorce at some point.
1: So she filed for an annulment. Wow. Um, and the date on that is 1979.
0: Wow, three years she's married and she doesn't want a divorce. She wants an annulment, yep. uh, meaning. So once again, I've never been married, but it sounds weird to me that you could file for an annulment three years after getting married. Usually, when I think of annulments, it's like like a month in, not three years in. Uh, any insight into that? Anything you've been able to find out why they just didn't get divorced instead of an annul? You know, they got the annulment instead.
1: Oh, I believe. Um, In the state of California, you can file for an annulment if any of the information, documents, people originally involved have falsified any information. Huh. So, like, you know, gross neglect and abuse and all those other random physical things, emotional things, are a divorce. Like, you file for it, and there's, like, a reason... behind it but I think the code that is on these documents pertains to like false information
0: all right maybe it's because he changed his name maybe she found out that could be that we don't know that but we do know that he changed his name and maybe she found out his real name and found out his you know his backstory and found out all these other things maybe that he'd been in jail and everything else we just don't know but he she got this annulment it was granted three years later Now I should ask, uh, does Bruce or slash John, uh, have you ever been able to track any children down at all?
1: No, no. And according to the younger brother that we spoke to, he wasn't aware that he ever had any children either. Okay.
0: Now here we come to, and you've already mentioned it, but we're going to talk about it. It's very, very important to all of this because, uh, Emily's family thought that in 1964 is, when she went missing but in doing your work all those years later you were able to find that actually emily and bruce got married in california in 1966 so generally two years after she disappeared from illinois uh tell everybody how you came upon this how shocked were you by this uh you know how did that even uh come about uh we'll, we'll talk about that first
1: um so I'd been doing my ancestry research and and just, you know, collecting documents. And I had seen um, the index for a California marriage for a Bruce Richards and an Emily Jordan. And I, you know, just kind of passed it by thinking, well, family thought she was dead. That was Florida. And this marriage is in California. Like, that's a long ways to go. And so... Yeah. I'd clicked on it and I had looked at it and I I kind of ignored it for many months. Um, oh. and it kept popping up as kind oh. of like not a hint, but um, you know, associated with the name. It's kind of how ancestry works. So um, so I clicked on it again and I was like, I was talking to my sister and I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna order it. It's like 22 bucks. I don't need a certified copy. They'll send it to me, whatever they can, you know, they have to black out anything they can. And so I ordered it. And I remember checking the mail on Thanksgiving because I hadn't checked it in a couple days. And uh, we were on our way to my dad and my mom's for Thanksgiving. And I got it. I got, I was like, oh, hey, look, here's, here's that California record. And so I opened it up and I'm reading it. And I just had chills and I was like, holy crap. It's her, huh? Yeah, and I called my dad and I'm like, You'll never guess what I just got in the mail. And he's like, What's that? And I'm like, Well, your dead cousin was not dead in 1966 because she married this guy in California, and he wow. was blown away, straight blown away.
0: Now, what I think about that entire part that we've t- you've just mentioned there for the last couple of minutes is that you came across it and it kind of blew it off it wasn't like a eureka mm-hmm. moment because you know all of us who cover you know research disappearances we're always looking for that piece of information that might change the narrative you know it's a real fact and it like blows your mind you know as soon as you see it for you it was like a little different you took a little more convincing i guess you went to other things and then yeah. came back to it why do you think that is because that's really the kind of thing you were looking for but you you kind of just glided right past it
1: yeah i think there was so much focus in conversations that she was dead you know um dead in 1964 and the florida connection you know how in the heck did she make it to california what for you know all these things um and so I just, you know, the first few times I seen it, I was just like, probably not her. Also, like, how much money do I personally want to throw at this? <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I get you know? the feeling. So,
1: yeah. yeah, but I was like, you know, for twenty-two bucks, I'm not out mm-hmm. any lifetime savings or anything. And so, so I, yeah, I just finally just ordered it because I'm like, well, I will, I'll be out twenty-two bucks if it's not her, and then I'll know it wasn't her.
0: All right. Okay, yeah. so what what were we uh, kind of to put this in a nutshell? This part of it is that she goes missing in nineteen sixty four, and it seems that she went to California or somewhere, but ended up in California. Just and she quit your family and everything, cold turkey. Just yeah. one day she was talking to everybody. The next, she's out of there. She goes to California yep. and just has that kind of um, self control to yep. not, uh, you know. Um, you know, write a letter, send a telegram, send a postcard, give any indication that she was alive anywhere else. Right?
1: Yeah, nothing.
0: Okay. In addition, she's doing this while her boyfriend, married boyfriend, Bruce is in jail. Wow. Okay. That's tough. That's hardcore. I know as a guy who's covered disappearances for six and a half years, that is hardcore. Okay. Um, now what is confusing though, is that it seems like they were both, or she was hiding in plain sight because when on the marriage certificate, she uses her real name, right?
1: Yes, they both do.
0: Okay. So what are the names on the marriage certificate from 1966?
1: Um, his is the Bruce Arthur Richards, um, and hers is Emily, Roberta Jordan.
0: Huh. So there she is. Emily Jordan living in California, Emily Jordan, fairly common name, Jordan, common last name, Emily, yeah, uh, yes. you know, common yeah. first name, Roberta. I don't know how common a middle name that is back then. I don't know, but are, is there any indication that you've been able to find given that the FBI was looking for her that they knew anything about this do you there any indication that they ever went to California knew about this piece of information and went out there at the time
1: no no nothing zero zero family okay. you know the FBI stopped visiting family in like 1965.
0: okay and then for Bruce Richards who changed his name to John Ryan O'Brien in 65 <coughs> He went back to using his bruce richards name for this marriage certificate the very next year
1: yes yeah
0: wow and of course we have no explanation for that as of uh 2023 no zero all right so they get married (laughs) um and just to be sure about this and i asked you the first time we talked were you able to of course everybody has to sign stuff when they get married your opinion i realize it's not an exact science is the signature that emily put on that marriage certificate back in 1966 is it similar to the signature that has been able to be found for anything she signed in the early 60s what do you think um
1: yeah so she's on a lot of her school photos that she had given to my grandmother you know she wrote a little thing on the back and always put love roberta so we had the roberta signature um from that and her letter and it's spot on it is yeah from okay. the loops and the slant and your starting and stopping points and wow. it is it's very spot on
0: okay all right like i said we know it's not an exact science it used to be an exact science but that's kind of changed since the 1970s. If anybody wants to get into a real deep dive on that, I think the movie Zodiac about the Zodiac killer um, uh, is a is a great dive on how that was so popular back in the 1970s, but not so much now. But still, if it's close, I think we have to go with it. Um, and where was this marriage certificate? Where was it certified?
1: Um, it was um, out of Los Angeles County.
0: L.A. County California. in 1966. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After no, cell, so you find this out. And did you tell authorities about it? Have you ever given that information to the FBI all these years later? I'm not trying to get your distant cousin in trouble or anything, but did you ever say, you know what? You might've thought that she was deceased in 64, 65, but I have proof that she was alive in 66. Did you do anything like that?
1: um I I never did contact the FBI again after I found this
0: okay <laughs> any reason I have to ask any reason why because you know they were looking for her uh not once again I'd, I'd hate to see Emily as however old she would be of course the statute of limitations is probably run out by on that particular crime I'm thinking but still yeah. uh is that something that's on your mind do you intend to do it I mean it, I, I have to ask
1: uh, no, no, probably not. Um, I, you know, my first reach outs to them were not informative at all. So, okay. you know, and by the time I was researching and contacting them, um, it was 40 plus years later. So mm-hmm. everything that they did have was, you know, part of a retention and is long gone.
0: Okay. Okay all right so it seems they didn't know about this maybe they did we just don't know about it i guess that's possible maybe they did go out and track her down but there's no indication of that and there's no No. indication here in 2023 that they've happened upon the information that you did some years ago right okay so now the big question is after this marriage in 1966 is there any information i know there were a couple addresses on on that uh, certificate that marriage certificate i know it even has um like their professions at the time in (laughs) in the la area but have you you know what have you been able to find out what did they do with their lives after their marriage any have you been able to find anything
1: nothing um i yeah there's absolutely nothing i researched um both the addresses as much as i could um the detective on emily's name is case which we haven't talked about yet um yeah. did a drive by um of the house basically said you know there's there's nobody still living there that would have been there then um Boy. said he ran her information through their. Coda system for, you know, arrests or driver's license. Nothing came up for her name or any various names with her birth date um, at all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was there was just nothing. Okay. Property, property records, you know, back into those days on on those locations, they were basically like little apartments, yep. brownstone type buildings, you know one had 12 units the other one had like 40 units so hard to say
0: okay and so when we say information we mean for both of them so even with yeah bruce john you really don't um you know because not to but we have to say that bruce is not alive anymore he is deceased but there is a record of him like starting in the 1970s but even for him in that Kind of like eight to nine year period before he gets married for the third time, you don't have any. You've not been able to find any information on him.
1: No, from like sixty six to about seventy four, I have no, I have nothing for him. And you try researching John Ryan O'Brien in California. Oh, there's like a million of them. <laughs>
0: yes, right, that's right, that's right. So and right. it very well may be that well he he did end up using that name later, but who knows what name he was using. Right. right who knows and even uh, when it comes yeah. to emily um you know there's no information did she have a job did she pay any taxes no information on that as well
1: yeah i have um as far as i know um she has zero earnings on her social security record past 1964 i think and it was like 120 bucks okay no claims no money going in no activity
0: okay um I have to ask if you've researched this uh mid-60s how easy would it have been for Emily to get a new social security number maybe using the same name or Emily you know of course Emily Jordan then Emily Richards maybe she even changed her name to Emily O'Brien possibly how easy would it have been back then to just change social security numbers on a whim?
1: Uh very easy. You know, they just had field offices. There was minimal documentation needed. You could go in and say, I need to apply for a job and I don't have my social security number, and they just issue you one. <laughs> it was not okay. it was not like it is in current day.
0: Right. Okay. She so, did get
1: a different one in Florida. She did. In that time frame, she okay. had the name changed to the Emily Richards.
0: Oh, okay. Right. Yes.
1: That was, um, I think, March of 1960, March or April of 1964. It was, she changed her name to Emily Richards.
0: Okay. And she changed it in Florida? Florida. So was she there? yes any, any any proof she was there she was there
1: that would be the only proof that i have that she was there
0: uh, okay all right so she's emily jordan she changes her name in 64 before she went missing or after she went missing
1: during that time that she was on the run
0: okay on the run so you want to call it <laughs> okay all right so she changes her name to emily richards once again not surprising given that she was mm-hmm. on the run she's changing it to her boyfriend's last name even though they're not married yet But ultimately, when they do get married officially, she and he are in California and she uses, though, she goes back to her original name. Yeah. Okay. That is, um, and this is, uh, maybe the listeners are already figuring out, this is why it's so tough to really figure out what happened here, because (laughs) Emily, she used, she could have used three different names within the, the span of four years. She went from Emily yes. Emily uh, Jordan to Emily Richards. She goes back to her original name, Emily Jordan, but then she gets married to a guy, Bruce Richards, whose real name, at, the, at least at that point, then would have been John O'Brien. And she could have right. gone to Emily O'Brien, but then she went by Roberta instead of Emily. So I yes. think everybody's starting to see why you really have had your work cut out for you. Uh, yes. Amy, I mean, for sure. Okay, so they get married no information after that um you say you have social security information for emily uh i know this is a sensitive topic but i have to ask what about any social security information for bruce john anything
1: um i have his original i have the the social security number he used when he when he died okay through the social security index um i i do not have information to his original one when he was bruce richards okay um there is one obviously and there could possibly be two depending on when he was issued one for the military
0: okay all right so, so it's possible two. <laughs> All right, but you have no work records for him him getting paid any money between roughly 66 and when he ended up getting married that next time.
1: Um, The only thing that I have is that (coughs) in the early, I'd have to go back to my notes, in the early 70s, he did receive Social Security, like insurance, maybe, I think, like SSI, I'm not sure what that is
0: okay disabled or something sure
1: um through a railroad pension huh and in a certain age certain years he worked for the illinois railroad
0: all right so this would have been going back to his illinois days then
1: yes um and i actually the the records came up actually on ancestry um and i applied for a <clears> request <report throat> through the railroad and they keep telling me they they don't have that record and i'm like well you released the record mm. <laughs> so okay. it's somewhere um yeah so i'm not i'm not sure but i do know they were paid out through the railroad Okay. So wages earned. But
0: still everywhere. between but still between 1966 and 1975 it's basically a blank sort of history pretty much
1: for yep, we don't uh, for Emily
0: is. and Bruce. I'm just going to keep calling them Emily and Bruce. Uh that'll yeah. keep it easy. Uh no uh, proof that they ever bought a house, no proof that nope. they ever lived in let's just pick a state North Carolina, no no idea if they went and lived overseas, nothing like that.
1: Nope. There's, there's nothing which it actually surprised me on their marriage certificate. They, they, they don't have the same address. Mm -hmm. So it led me to believe maybe she got there before he did, Mm -hmm. but I'm not sure. Obviously I don't know.
0: Yeah. If he moved out there, why didn't he just move in with her? That's a good question. We don't know. Okay. But we, we have to, we can't forget though. He did end up getting married. In 1976 this is a marriage we've already talked about but here's the big deal uh is there any proof that emily and bruce ever got divorced
1: i have not been able to find anything
0: okay in addition if everybody's really 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 paying attention to every small detail in this in this interview they got married in 66 but technically he wasn't divorced until 67 from his first wife
1: correct (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right. So maybe this is just his modus operandi.
1: Yeah. Um I mean, he would have known it wouldn't have been a valid marriage anyways.
0: Right. Okay. So they get married, it gets annulled in 79. Does he get married again after that? No. All right. So he is a single man as far as you can tell from 79 and unfortunately he died in 2009. Correct so just before you started doing all of this that's unfortunate timing okay (laughs) uh (laughs) what uh what about his two ex-wives um has anybody attempted to talk to them or i i think they're both deceased now too but maybe if you had a chance to speak to them before they died within the last few years did you have a chance to talk to them? anybody talk to anybody anything like that
1: no basically by the time. I knew, you know, of the next marriage, um, we were past the time where everyone had already passed away. Wow. So I wasn't able to ever talk to either wife. Um, but I did track down nieces to each wife, um, and yeah. was able to learn a little bit of information through them.
0: Yeah. What was that?
1: Um, so the first wife, um, it sounds like, you know, she was, <coughs> A tough cookie um mm-hmm. sailor's mouth said things just how they were ah. um you know they the niece had explained to me that um she knew that she had been looking for him to file the, for the divorce um that he was a drunk he was basically abandoned the marriage never around um and so she had filed for that divorce and at one point was either flying to Florida or was going to fly to Florida mm-hmm. to meet him, but never got on the plane to go. Hmm. Um, when asked if she thought, you know, if she would have anything to do with Emily's disappearance, she had said it would she wouldn't put it past her
0: wow okay this is what the niece said okay yeah. uh if she knew that um bruce went to california married another woman when they were still married although it sounds like the paperwork all got started in 1962. maybe there's some mm-hmm. sort of jealousy or something there yeah, okay yeah. but it, it's interesting to me that she could track down bruce but the fbi couldn't maybe that that yeah. needs to be maybe that needs to be figured into this Mm -hmm. as well are you even aware like for uh wife number three was she even aware is the best you can tell that emily ever even existed did bruce ever even talk about
1: no no not not you know niece never said anything she basically said you know um she was never really around them um she was very young she had just gotten out of college and just got married. married would drive through and and visit but alice the third wife would you know come see them at a restaurant john wouldn't be there um he he just wasn't around okay is what she said um i i did contact the third wife's um half brother who lived in new york and he 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 kind of said the same thing um it sounded like he only knew of John's character just from what Alice had told him um, and that that, you know, he was an awful drunk, drank all the time um, and that they got divorced. She filed for divorce or the annulment um, because he was using a fake name.
0: OK, and what he was, I guess he's officially yeah. changed it. But on the other hand. You know, how would you feel if you got married to somebody and after you married them, found out that they lived the first half of their life with a different name? And maybe then you start thinking, you know, what was going on here? Okay. Yeah. And it doesn't sound like Bruce was much of a treat anyway. Maybe if he had been a good guy, nice guy treating her well, then she wouldn't have done that. But maybe that was the the straw that broke the camel's back back there in 1979, possibly. Okay. Mm-hmm. um what did uh bruce do with his rest the the rest of his life uh was he working you talked about him being on ssi for a while um already said that he died in 2009 did he continue to work did he get in trouble with the law uh anything you've been able to find out for the 80s 90s and 2000s for him
1: um i don't i really don't have anything except for that he remained living with his late wife um and mm. up until the death certificate, um, it's states that he was a salesman in the automobile and sales and leasing industry. So I don't know if that right. was like, makes sense from Chicago, because that's what he did in Chicago. And that's right. what he knew best. And that's still to this day, very easy to get into and out of and back into. So okay, um, okay. I haven't really looked for much. Um, I, I know I did come across a record, wasn't a record, sorry, it was a newspaper article of a vehicle for sale, <coughs> and the contact name was John O'Brien, but a million John O'Briens in California, so. <laughs> That's
0: right. Could be him, yeah. God, could not be him. What about yeah. his uh, obituary uh, when he died in 2009? It was a very descriptive? Was there any mention that he actually used to be known as Bruce Richards? Anything like that?
1: Um, No obituary.
0: No obituary. All right. So just the death certificate. No preceded in death by anything like that, which sometimes can be very helpful in tracking people down. I've done that many times. Okay. What about uh, the roommate? Uh, Is the roommate of Emily still alive here in 2023?
1: Um so i actually have not been able to locate the roommate um we only had a first name of pat which could have been short for patricia Could have been. um first guess mm-hmm. million others you never know um and then i just um we have a letter that emily wrote to her mom um dated like the last day of February 1964 and in it she states that um, she still hadn't heard from Patricia she hoped that she had found a new place and got the classes she was hoping for okay the end so no no last name not sure what that pertains to other than 228 1964 they're not actually living together
0: okay all right so we don't know if she's still alive we don't know if she's dead and even so if you can track her down and she's still you know good memories that you know she's in illinois and the last information you have is that emily was in california right okay and you've already talked about bruce's brother who talked about him changing his name which was true but we you did tell me though that bruce's brother has had a lot of troubles with a lot too Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: During the majority of this time, all of it, he he was in prison himself. So he was very disconnected from what was happening with his older brother.
0: Are we then to believe then that this brother knew that Bruce changed his name? How do we then uh, decipher all of that? Did he know that Bruce went to California? Did he know about Bruce getting married to Emily? Uh, Was this just like a family secret or something? How would you assess it?
1: Um, he had told my father that he, you know, he knew that, um, the birth was in California, John Bruce, however you want to say his name. Yeah. Um, that at some point, and I'm thinking probably when he got, when Glenn got out of prison, that he, he said his brother had sent him money from California, Hmm. like 500 bucks. Okay. Um, and at that time, that's when he knew one he was in california and two he had an alias or a different name he was living under a different name okay Um, but was he aware
0: uh, of emily that uh i guess what i'm asking is your family was thinking she was missing in 1964 but did bruce's brother know that he had gone to california and married a woman named emily
1: no no he he claimed he never knew anything about emily okay
0: And he was in, the brother was in Illinois. Yes. Okay. All right. So she, everybody thinks she disappears in 64, but she gets married in 66, but then she goes missing again. Yeah. Just the records of the 21st century, not able to track these things down. Um, I'm guessing they lived somewhere. you yeah. Know, it open to a lot of different ideas out there. Of course, we hope that Emily's still alive out there somewhere, but given that she had no problem changing her names, just like John did or Bruce did, you know, we have a lot of different possibilities here. Um, on top of the fact that it doesn't seem you haven't been able to find that he and Emily ever got divorced no, before no. he got married again. Okay.
1: And no, i still just missing please so uh, even use those names
0: <laughs> yeah i just change the names and then you go back you're almost asking to get caught but they yeah. didn't it at least as far as we know or at least you're you're the expert as far as you know they didn't get caught or she didn't get caught bruce did his time right all right so okay let's move on to this let's go back to you a little bit amy um you know, you've been working on this for over 10 years. This is uh, something that's important to you. This is a family member, although you never personally met her. What can t- uh, kind of tips can you give to people who are using Ancestry or a similar databases are dealing with uh, state governments, state bureaucracies, trying to get records and things like that? Because that is, you know, for some people, that, that's an important part of trying to figure out um, what happened to the disappearance, especially one going back to the nineteen sixties. Any tips, anything like that that you can pass along to the audience?
1: Um I guess just being persistent. Um, I use a lot of um, county websites. <coughs> um, you know, I register for them to get, you know, tax documents on property taxes, um, because in sales, you know, records of sales yeah. is content, so you can pull those and, and get names and dates. Um, so I've, I've done a lot of research that way. Um, I use different, you know, just online platforms to find people and phone numbers and addresses um, and just chase them down. I've used Ancestry a lot to build trees on random people um, just to make sure that they're not the person I'm looking for. So I do a a lot of ruling out to rule in. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Okay. Um,
1: I mean, there's a lot of online resources. There's, you know, if you're not in the county or in the state, they have online request portals that you can use um, at the state level, county level, city, libraries. Libraries hold tons of documents, directories, phone directories, reverse directories. Um, I mean, I'm even taking it as far as to find a person who collected phone books out of Chicago for like a 30 year time span and, you know, contacted him via email and, you know, we made contact over the phone and he would search it for me and tell me who was on that address and that year that he had, like, there's just, that was like eBay. I used eBay. Wow. Wow you know, where do you find a document that's so old that might be now a collector's item?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right.
1: So, you know, I'm just uh, being so far away from Chicago. I've just used every online resource possible.
0: Uh, but you are, uh, I don't know if you want to get into where you live, but you are close to California. Have you thought about driving down? No, we should say Bru- uh, Bruce is deceased, but he did not die in the LA area. He just died up in Northern California, San Jose, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. Uh, have you thought about driving down to LA County or is that something you can just do online to go through, like you were saying, like old phone books. If you were to go through a phone book from 1968 in LA, what are the odds of finding a phone number for a, or, you know, they usually have an address for a, a Bruce Richards or Emily Richards or, Something like that. Have you thought about that or is that on the things to do?
1: Um, I've searched you know the online indexes for that mm-hmm. um, but you know there's nothing for her those names. I mean there are those names and I've mm-hmm. researched you know Emily O'Brien and Emily Richards and Emily Jordan. and I created the trees for them did the addresses, searched them back and they're, you know, they're not her. So the one Emily Richards that I tracked, um, ended up, you know, she died in like the early seventies. And so I was like, well, I mean, it's possible, but she was born in like 1922, (laughs) like, you know, so eliminating by just tracking every name possible, but that John Ryan O'Brien one is just impossible. There's like pages and pages of them
0: Uh and that very well may be the reason he picked that name at the time yes
1: Yes. yeah could be very popular Uh, name.
0: (laughs) right right johnny picked the most popular at least at the time name in the united states and then uh o'brien a very common uh, name in the united states as well not as common as smith or brown but it's certainly up there yeah Uh, he did that for a reason that's true um yeah okay to stay. okay so where uh Chris you've been working on this where do you think uh your investigation needs to go next have you thought about that uh obviously it already sounds like you've done so much um you know what's next
1: um i think for me and i've you know i i'm still focusing on this but that time frame from 1966 to like 1974, 75, when he pops up with the late wife, you know, that's 10 Mm. years that I believe he's still in California.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And I think he's in that San Jose little hub somewhere, you know, LA, San Jose, San Francisco, like somewhere right there on the coast. I think he's there somewhere and he's probably in the auto industry um, or And, you know, I would Mm -hmm. maybe restaurant in the bar industry, but I'm kind of leaning more towards the auto because he's older. So, Mm -hmm. and that's what the late wife put on his thing. So I'm guessing either he was still doing it or she at least met him when he was. So that's what she reported on there. Okay. But, you know, at this point, it would be newspaper articles, maybe, or... I don't, I don't even know, Right. but he's gotta be there somewhere. I'm
0: thinking (laughs) like, uh, for example, California, uh, property records, like, uh, homes or pieces of land. Of course that's your, you know, your business construction and homes and real estate and things. Uh, How is California, for example, regarding home sales going back to the mid to late sixties?
1: I mean, it's documented you know, if I, if I found an address, I, you know, I could contact the county and probably get the tax records, Mm -hmm. um, sales, you know, sales agreements, that's all public record. Mm -hmm. Easier to get in person, but you can still manage to get them online. Mm -hmm.
0: Looking Um, for a John or a John O'Brien who bought a who bought a house 66, 67, because that was a common thing to do for people. Maybe not today. People get married and still live in apartments for a while. It's fine too. But it's Mm -hmm. more common in the 1960s. You get married. You absolutely buy a house. If not before that, I guess that's why I'm asking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't see him as um, owning a house by himself. You know, I more see him in what he'd been living in, in prior places. So you know, a, a, a small apartment.
0: And it's interesting you bring that up because I, I know when I was looking at some things as well, when he got married to his third wife, she owned the house, right? She She owned the house. She kind he kind of moved in with her. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. She had already owned it. Right. All right. So we have to keep that in mind too. Okay. Uh, Amy, do you have a Facebook page, anything like that set up? for emily's disappearance if so uh why don't you mention it right now
1: i do um it is just under um i think you can search my name and find it or it's under missing persons emily roberta jordan
0: missing persons emily Roberta jordan so you're using her maiden name the the name she was born with
1: yes let me see if i can find it here real quick go ahead you know, not too much activity on there, so I'm not on very much. Um, missing, Um, yeah, missing person, Emily, Roberta Richards.
0: Okay. And I have Jordan.
1: It's both. Okay, it's both.
0: <laughs> well, I can understand. Given uh, what we've been talking about for the last hour and a half, I can understand why it'd be hard to pick one name over the other. Missing yeah. person, Emily, Roberta, Jordan, richards yep okay anybody wants to go to the facebook page and check that out and of course that's always a good resource uh to get people's attention uh for all of this amy any final words before we complete this interview
1: um i don't think so i appreciate it um getting out there though okay
0: for sure uh you're very welcome i'm hoping with some people maybe in california can offer some insight. Maybe they have access to some things there that can step up and help you out with all of this. I think, even though it sounds like they were doing this illegal business with people in Florida, I, I think, it, you know, near where I live, that I think mm-hmm. the answer to this does exist in California, being that that's where they got married. She was living there. She had lived there for a couple of years waiting for Bruce. And then when he died, he's living in California as well. He, he, when he married this other woman, he was still in California. It just seems everything points to that state. It seems. Yeah. Yes. I agree. Well, I appreciate you being on this episode
1: of Unfound. Well, thank you very much. We, uh, my family definitely appreciates the opportunity.
0: You're welcome. And that was my February 1st, 2023 interview with Amy Spanfowner cousin of Emily Roberta Richards. I thank her for appearing on both audio and video for this episode. That's the second Amy in three weeks. And next week's guest also has the name Amy. I don't know how these things happen. There's so much I could talk about regarding Emily's disappearance. Lots of facets, lots of angles. But I'm going to keep the summation to one general thought and one specific one. The rest you can find at patreon.com forward slash unfoundpodcast in the blog. I'll start with the general thought first. For disappearances this old, whether they have all the twists and turns of Emily's or not, we start to see the limitations of digital data. Certainly what Amy found on Ancestry regarding Emily's marriage to Bruce is spectacular. Great work on her part. However, if this disappearance were even just 20 years newer, taking it into the 1980s, there would certainly be no issues finding out where the two lived after getting married, where they worked, and all sorts of other info. And this would even be like 10 years before the internet became widely accessible. But as I've encountered with my own work I do privately on disappearances, when I start to get back to the early 80s and late 70s, that is where the public info that can be found on online databases such as White Pages or People Looker can really start to become sparse. And ancestry for these situations is not much better. For example, had Bruce and Emily got married in any of several other states in 1966, Amy would not have found that record. Because several states do not make marriage licenses public. And, not to be negative, but I think this is the way it will always be for the internet once we go back to the 1970s and earlier. Searches will always be a crapshoot. I guess you can always show up in person at some government building to go through microfiche and old manila folders if you'd like. As for a specific point about Emily's disappearance, despite him being deceased, Bruce, a.k.a. John, is the key to figuring out what happened to Emily. Why? because we know he lived until 2009. And although there may not be any records on the internet, I'm inclined to believe in some filing cabinet somewhere, in Florida, in California, wherever, there is a record of where he lived between 1966 and 1975. And that will be the next leap forward in Amy's work. But I totally heard what she was saying during the interview. There are a ton of John O'Briens out there. But surely one is more than meets the eye. I'll leave the public theorizing up to you. And that's the program. Right now, while you are in your podcast platform, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever, give Unfound a five-star review, a thumbs up, whatever that platform allows I thank you for listening I'm at Denzel and you've just finished this episode of Unfound